Hi everyone, welcome to the Theotech Podcast. This is Chris, and today I'm joined with Ann Chow, who is the lead for Indigenous's Hack, Hashtag Hack Hackathon, as well as Priscilla, the marketing lead. Ann and Priscilla, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Hi, Chris, thanks. Um, I got connected to you guys after uh, presenting at the Missional AI Conference, where the co-founder of Indigenous, Russ, uh, reached out to me and wanted to share with me the hackathon that was coming up. And now that you guys have done that event and celebrated the outcome, um, it, I thought it'd be a great opportunity just to hear the stories of what God did through uh, Hack and where you see it going, some of the cool projects that you heard about. So maybe to start off, can you tell us um, the vision behind Hack and what you're trying to do? So yeah, Hack has been happening for the last six years, since 2016. Um, every October, and it really exists to bring Christians in the tech space together to to build digital solutions um, and to spread the gospel to where it needs to go. Um, and there are amazing Christians who don't even know oftentimes another Christian in the tech space in their city, and so they get to meet each other too. So it's a really it has a lot of benefits for, it's like hopefully a win-win, win-win-win situation. Um, mm. And it's just been such a blessing to uh, actually see all these amazing Christians from around the world. Like God is doing awesome things. And this is such a quiet group. And I think that it's really fun to see them come together and really and have fun. And it's over a weekend. And so it's like an innovation sprint for a weekend. Mm -hmm. So it's really been awesome and like who are the people who we have attending are they more software engineer types or are they all kinds of disciplines what do you what's your mix of of participants yeah so we really invite people who are working in the tech space but also the adjacent industries so creatives photographers project managers uh people working in film it's it's kind of a mix because the projects tend to be a bit of a mix uh, some of them, sometimes we need, we have projects like this year, for example, we had projects that needed specifically data analysts, but we also had projects where they needed, they wanted people to do like film and to create short videos, uh, centered around the gospel. So there's mm. different, there's re it's really a mix. And actually, if you have an inclination in that direction, we, we really say like, figure out there, there's probably something that you can do to, to help out. Um, and you get some people like, oh, they work in logistics or they're, they're students in a, an adjacent field and they show up at Hack and they make a contribution and they have a great time and it's fun for everybody. You get to meet a lot, wide variety of people. Yeah, I love that. You know, um, I was involved with the Code for the Kingdom hackathons and as an organizer for that, I always felt like, um, I wish that we had more interdisciplinary work because software is only a little piece of the puzzle. Um, and so being able to activate and include people from many disciplines is a really, really um, beneficial thing, I think, for these projects to, to make an impact or even just to have that connection that you mentioned. Um, so can, do you have any projects that you found to be particularly exciting or that were, were awarded that you want to highlight? Oh, that's a great question. So one of the things we did this year <laughs> as an experiment, but actually I thought it went quite well, is we we worked with ministry partners um, mm. and we approached or they approached us. We had an application and received some really excellent applications of ministries who would have these 
ideas or projects that are already going and they just really need an, an injection of, of skilled volunteers to mm. help them out and help them build. Um, so our three ministry partners were World Vision, um, Code for the, uh, sorry, Coalition of the Willing, so many acronyms, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is a church planting organization, as well as the American Bible Society. Um, so they had some projects, for example, World Vision has um, a donor app where it's like a micro volunteering app, but where the donors are also given like a rating, kind of like Yelp and Uber. Um, mm. So the recipients of the donations can um, can assess and like give a rating on the donor, which then would really increase the trust of the of that donor that that donor would um, fulfill you know what they've said, and then also the donor can have a dashboard and see other different projects and um, mm. and they've contributed to and and track along. Um, not just money, but through expertise. They're looking for people who are lawyers and engineers and architects who could contribute, you know, skilled uh, labor and ideas for various projects around the world for World Vision. Um, so that was exciting. And then Coalition of the Willing is a database of reached and unreached people groups all over the world. And they actually focused on Cambodia and Laos, and they really wanted mm. to have people so even if you are from those areas or if you if you have language and know the language you could also have joined and uh, participated so oh. which is really cool very specific but really important um, to help us understand who is reached and who is still yet to be reached and then american bible society they want to um, really encourage deeper and wider bible engagement um, so they just really that was a very broad challenge uh, for them to tackle, but really fun and allowed for a lot of creativity. And that's when the video people come in and that's when the communications people come in and, and get to play. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, tell me more, actually, I was curious, you mentioned the project that was focused on Cambo Cambodia and Laos. Um, what was the, what was the technical aspect of that? What were they? Cause I, I know there's probably databases tracking people, unreached people groups and stuff, but what, what were they trying to do with that? Well, they have, um, they were trying to work in a number of different languages. So, um, as you know, for Google maps, it's in English or, and maybe mm -hmm. the language, but then there's some tribal dialects that aren't on Google. Um, mm -hmm. and so they were trying to identify is this is this village this village or this village you know what i mean and trying to match and make sure that the data is actually aligning um, ah. and actually for that same area and that same village but they were trying to like work from databases that are in the tribal languages or in the english or in the um, the official language but not the tribal languages so in that case um the kind of help that they need isn't so much technical, it sounds like. It's more of people who know both languages, or what was the help that they needed to do they that needed, matching? They needed... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> no, go ahead, Priscilla. <laughs> no, they needed help with verifying data. So if they could figure out, is there some, some kind of API available that they could use to uh, that had the inf this information in the local language and and kind of juxtapose it with the data that they had in their database in English. 
and verify mm. the connections and build a scalable model that could work. Uh, they they had yeah they they focused on Laos and Cambodia, but they also they had like these are 23 languages that we need help with, but they actually yeah. want to go to 105. So the mm -hmm. model that they were looking for help with had to be scalable and reproducible uh, continually because they intend to continually verify that information to make sure that what is in their database of churches is accurate. I see. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. So a continuously updated mapping between the national language or English and the local language for these different places. Um, yeah. And it's geospatial data, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. It or at least yeah. list of terms. Yeah, that's such a that's a cool mix of skills that are needed to be able to make that possible. I was just gonna say, so that project we see potential for some kind of ongoing uh, aspect to it because they really asked about these languages, but they actually want to do all these other languages. And yeah. part of one of the strengths of Indigenous is kind of a network of people who work in this space and not just in in the indigenous network, but also in partner organizations. And they, you know, we could know someone who is, speaks that minority language that they're looking to verify the information in and who also happens mm -hmm. to be a developer. And so that is, we see some potential for ongoing assistance or, or partnership of some kind or, yeah. Yeah, let's talk more about the indigenous platform uh, from that angle that you mentioned. How is it able to be a global, uh, a global platform that connects people like that? Is it through personal relationships? Is it uh, through an online like social network thing? How, how does that work? So we have a. It is through a lot of personal relationships, a lot of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it's a space that, as you know, it's not. There's a there's a lot of people like Anne said who work in technology or who who have technology skills but aren't necessarily able to use those uh, to in, in conjunction with their faith. And it's mm -hmm. usually, there's a little bit of a separation. And so by like, it's not, this space doesn't have many players. And so it's just, be, Indigenous has been around for a while. We, we have some great partnering and, and enabling organizations and someone tells someone who tells someone else. And then it kind of, the news kind of has just spread. Um, mm. And six years in, like we're now coupling it with more strategic marketing and strategic partnerships and things like that. But until now, it's kind of been someone meets someone at a conference and they yeah. talk about indigenous and they get involved and they join the hack and then they invite their friends. And then now the whole country of Nigeria is involved. You know, all the developers there are involved in hack kind of. It's, it's amazing what God has done really in, in uh, growing it. But, but the reality is like hack is, a, is one part of what indigenous does. The other kind of big puzzle, the big uh, challenge that we are tackling with joy actually, because it's a, it's a really interesting problem is, okay, so technology has allowed everybody all over the world, like, Everyone is now trained in how to use a phone and how to use applications and how to use Facebook and how to use social networks so, and all these kind of things. How can we get those same people who are using these things fluently to also use some of that screen time to spread the gospel further? And that's one mm -hmm. of the big pieces that we're trying to wrestle with. Like what, 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 
what do we need to do to enable all these people that spend seven to eight hours in front of their phone or some kind of screen or device every day to dedicate some of that time to spreading the gospel? And that that the the hack is kind of like, well, we need to build these things for people to use, but then those are kind of two 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 big pieces that we are that we are wrestling with and that we are solving for, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would like to add, I mean, I think it's helpful right now to give you the statistics. So this October, we had 1,253 participants. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came from 46 countries and um, also 115 cities because, uh, you know, because of COVID, <laughs> a lot of places yeah. were, a lot of these different hubs uh, are virtual. They went virtual. And so if you have a laptop and internet, then you can join and participate. And um, that was, you know, really a really cool thing to learn that because of COVID that they, everybody just pivoted because they are so innovative and entrepreneurial um, and have the desire to contribute, like Priscilla said, to really bless their cities, bless their churches and um, bless their countries through their skills that they normally wouldn't get to, mm-hmm. you know, instead of giving glory to to Google or to Apple, give glory to God through with their skills. So they're excited about that. And I think then organizations like uh, Coalition of the Willing or American Bible Society or World Vision are really excited because they are also global. And then they could have like such an awesome cross-section niche group of people um, to really tackle their projects all over the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that global mix is, I think, so unique. And um, I don't, I did, okay, before I let this pass by, did I hear Priscilla say that the whole nation of Nigeria was part of Hack? Like, well, not the, not the whole nation, but in other words, that <laughs> they like the 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 person, the kind of the champion for indigenous there. We're like, we have no one signing up here. And then he went and talked to somebody. And the next day we had a, we had like a ton of signups. How many was it at? It was, it was, it was crazy. Oh, like, this person knows, yeah. <laughs> this person knows the developers in Nigeria and then they signed up and they do something. One key person. He's like, Hey, who's registered from Nigeria? I was like, uh, well, Ten people, you know? or something. yeah, and, was, and then the next day you could just see registration start rolling in. You're like, "Wow, that's an influencer!" Because it's not—it's one yeah. thing to share the news, but it's another to get uh, action. Is that's this is like a CEO or somebody who's just, or like the president saying, "Like all you, all you developers are signing up for Hack Now." <laughs> that's a, that's quite an incredible conversion. Well rate. respected and well relational, but then um, also we have to say that this is the time when other organizations partner with us, like Faith Tech, if you've heard of Faith Tech, as well as um, Kingdom Code in the UK, and God Code, or in Indonesia, Um, darn, I can't remember, but anyway, that's when all of us get together once a year and really work together, and really honestly just learn from each other, and um, and they also have the relationships. And so it's just such a fantastic way for us to collaborate, which I think is way, way, way better. So can I ask, um, is the, uh, you know, that as Theotech and with our products, Spiffio for real-time translation and stuff, we care passionately about language diversity and that language diversity is actually a reflection of our witness as the body of Christ. Was Hack multilingual in any way? Uh, was it mostly English? I'm just, I'm curious, you know? Actually, it was multilingual. 
And we had the registration form in French and Spanish as well. And also Portuguese, right, Anne? Yes. Yeah. And so we, uh, these people, volunteers, they were like, oh, we'll translate it into French and we'll translate it into Spanish and Portuguese. So there was that aspect. And I feel like as we look forward to the future, we can see more of that happening um, as we are able now to gather more information about our participant, like our pool of participants and what languages they speak, what are their heart languages, that uh-huh. would be important to press into as well. That will be increasingly more important to press into as well. Mm-hmm. Last on Friday, I talked to my pastor about how Spiffio could help us do, because right now we do bilingual um, mm. church services, Thai and English. And I'm uh-huh. like, if we use Spiffio, like we, they could preach just in Thai. And then all the expats mm. that come, they could be following along. He was like, wow, such a tool exists. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, yeah, like, let's talk about how to set that up. So. And I wouldn't have known about awesome. Spiffio if we didn't use it for hat. So that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, Priscilla. And I'm so excited. Like we are hearing more and more stories of churches who are being able to do that now. The previous podcast episode was with a startup church, a church plant in uh, Virginia that's able to go to 12 languages every Whoa. every every service. Um, the pastor has a lot of relationships there that that make that really possible. Like, you know, how can you even bring 12 languages together in one church as a startup, right? Uh, yeah. and so, but it's such a, it's a beautiful thing to hear every story that's happening. Cause I'm, I'm kind of to see, sometimes I get discouraged with the tech. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's never going to be good enough or whatever. And then I hear stories where it actually is starting to work. And I'm like, Whoa, maybe I need to stop worrying about what's not working and like start pressing into those cases where it's working. And like, how do we spread that? Cause it is making a, a difference. Um, and to hear your story, Priscilla, about your pastor's excitement, you know, that, that's, that gets me going too. So yeah. <laughs> I hope that we can help yeah. and that, that yeah. we can get, because I talked yeah. to Wycliffe Bible translators. Um, there's various uh, organizations that do Bible translation work. So I was talking, I think about three different organizations in that space. Yeah. Yeah. And I told them about um, Spiffio as well. They were really yeah. excited. So they're like, no way. Didn't know that existed. <laughs> so that's cool. So yeah, keep going. Thanks Chris. for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. We'll see how the Lord can use what we've built um, to, to help with all those use cases. Because I gave in my missional AI talk, it was that that dream. Can we use Spiffio to help accelerate Bible translation too? You know, Ooh. where every Sunday on a church on the frontiers of the 1040 window, if it's mm-hmm. preached into both the national language and also maybe a, a local language that's not reached or doesn't have the Bible. Well, what happens over the course of a year or two years is that you get a data set big enough to train machine translation learning models off of. And when you can do that, you can automate more and more and Mm -hmm. you can accelerate the translation of the Bible and other Christian materials. So we'll see. It's it's a dream. So going back to hack, were people able, did did people make presentations at the end, did pitches, or was it more if they just kind of worked on the projects that the nonprofit partners that you had, um, had presented? Was it a case of any kind of presentation? Yes. Sorry. Um, so we had, we were hacking over two weekends. And so we had a couple of calls where we called Global Connect, where we just zoomed around the world in half an hour and said hi to everybody during their hack weekends, whether it was like midnight for Australia or, you know, mm-hmm. six for California. And then we had at the very end, we had a global celebration and presentation mm-hmm. call. And that was really fun. And we gathered some really incredible judges or um, 
Judges is tough. I would, they would rather call themselves interested observers <laughs> of all the projects that came through. And so we had our top eight projects um, and passed those over to this group of people. Um, and they came, the assessment group came from India, Malaysia, Argentina, Kenya, mm. the US. So we were just so pleased to have as so well cool. there have such a global representation and or and also just really inspiring to know that there's Christians in the tech space in all of these parts of the world who are just really passionate for technology and for Christ. Um, mm. Anyway, and then um, they reviewed our top eight projects and then they gave some good feedback and, and gave very short, like a 10 minute TED talk um, on innovation and technology and faith. And so that was really fantastic. Yeah, so it was really fun. And then everybody, it was on StreamYard. So that was really fun. And then people were making excellent comments and they're like, hey, from Indonesia, hey, from uh -huh. Singapore. And people were just jumping in. And then we had also a People's Choice Award. So people were <laughs> voting on their favorite project. So that was really fun. And they also got trophies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you Ethiopia. actually shipped them. What happened? So, so wait, this. so we are in the process of shipping trophies. So first was getting everyone's address, which we yeah. have succeeded in doing. And the Amazing. trophies are in production and we are going to ship them trophies to uh, uh, commemorate their contribution basically and, and the amount of time and skill and talent that they brought uh, to the hack this year. That's, a, that's really great. And uh, that's for every participant or the winning teams or what was it that you're getting sending the trophies winning for? Teams, yeah. so we, the winning so teams. The, so the, interested observers or the judges they they looked at the projects in terms of viability kingdom impact there was a people's choice there was completeness and then the last one is uh scalability uh yeah and viability yeah yeah so mm -hmm. they uh they 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 awarded those things so the teams that won in those categories will get the trophies but we did do um uh, for all any participant who is interested, if they wanted a certificate on their LinkedIn, we facilitated that and we got a bunch of responses for that. And I think as with everything, different things are appreciated by different people all over the world. So for some people, these things are, are like they it, it's, a, it's a boost to their career or it, it kind of helps with their, you know, validation on their resume and all this kind of stuff. So we mm. wanted to do like, whatever we could to commemorate, like to, to honor, like what they had done and giving mm -hmm. their time and, and helping with that. Yeah. That's an interesting point that, yeah. In other parts of the world, like being able to say that you won this award at this event and stuff like that could be meaningful for career advancement. Actually. I, I never thought about that. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What were the, you know, I think that from another angle, aside from hack itself is the, that more global collaboration angle, um, and the things that you guys learned along the way, like, for example, international logistics of having to ship trophies to many countries is quite, sounds like it's quite complicated. Um, I was asking about multilingual because, you know, uh, it's really awesome that volunteers translate the form. And I was kind of curious, were people able to present their ideas in another language um, or, or were the judges able to be, you know, not non-English speakers and still understand or anything like that, which might be a vision for the future. Right? I understand if it's not there yet. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious about, in the process of organizing hack and marketing hack to a global audience, 
what were the thing, the lessons you guys learned and what were the tools that you learned to master along the way to help make that possible? Because I think many people, and especially in the church among, among Christians, like have a desire for that global perspective, but it is very hard to, let's say, let's say that you wanted to reach a global audience. How do you even market to them? It's very, it's very difficult to reach them aside from the personal relationships and partnerships that you mentioned earlier. So that's, that's a very good question, Chris. And I would like to say that I don't think we have solved that 100%, but I feel <laughs> like we are always like, oh, let's try something new. Like, let's let's try this. Something comes on the radar, someone on the team, an opportunity or a new tool. And we're like, we <laughs> assess it based on the information we have available. And if it proves like this could be what we're looking for, we'll try it. And our... And our leadership team and Russ, our managing director, he's very great with that. Like, hey, we don't, let's not put on ourselves this idea that this needs to be the 100% uh, solution. Mm -hmm. We can learn something even if it doesn't work out as we hope. Like we can always just be learning from tools and experiences and, and strategies and opportunities. And I really, that that is something that, it is something that we espouse like in ha in terms of hack and innovation, but it's also something that our, the, like our leaders model, which I think is great to see that, hey, let's try it. If it works, praise God. If it doesn't, we'll learn something. And mm -hmm. so we're constantly looking for new ways, looking for new opportunities to basically learn what works, what doesn't, and, and kind of have a very flexible and agile mindset, which I, I enjoy a lot and i appreciate that that we have that with us and so for example like spiffio was a last minute addition to our set of tools and we're like oh great <laughs> let's let's try this this looks like it could be something and it brought things to the table that we we, we didn't it, like it brought options that we had never considered before or or that we never knew were available um mm -hmm. and also for a Christian nonprofit, like I don't know, this this was an affordable price point, and we learn things from it, and we can see this could be used in the future in this way or in that way or in this uh, option, and I, like I I love that that we get the opportunity to try these new things. We have like mm -hmm. big picture ideas, big picture goals, but how those goals come about is not set in stone, and we 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 can experiment a little bit, and that's there's a fun to that which I, I enjoy a lot. So I would like to add to that because that is actually absolutely accurate um, from Paul when he said that I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I feel mm -hmm. like we are also kind of like, and to the Romans, I will be, you know, and um, also like indigenous has such a, an innovative spirit as well. And I think that's what Priscilla was talking about too, that I really appreciate that if there's a great idea and if it really, if, if it pushes and moves uh, this project forward, we'll definitely try it. And also it's okay and fail fast, right? Um, and learn. And so I think mm -hmm. that you just pivot, innovate, pivot, partner, you know, <laughs> it's just like such a group, an amazing group of people to work with who love Jesus and are wanting to try and experiment and not, be um you know too sad or disappointed or or even like angry if things don't work out exactly but you're like okay mm. we're on a learning process and with amazing people and for the glory of god really mm -hmm. 
So I'll Amen. give you an example, Chris. Like, for example, um, <laughs> we had right at the last minute, for one reason, reason or another, a bunch of locations, they had to fold. Something happened, mm. new COVID restrictions, something like that. And yeah. from an organizational point of view, like, that is disappointing. But yep. it's okay. India joined Manila and, and, and Chiang Mai. And uh, mm -hmm. someone from Vienna joined the hack in Denmark. And yeah. we just figured out how to make it work. And that, like we, when we were doing the interviews after hack, because mm -hmm. like whenever you're trying to learn, you want to learn what's good, what to improve. You need, you need that constant user feedback loop. And yep. so we were talking to some of the participants and they were like, we loved that you could, that I talked to the participant in Vienna who was moved to the hack in Denmark. And she was like, I loved how quickly someone arranged that for me so I could be in a better time zone that worked for me more Amazing. and I could join the app like that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I love that too. Praise God. I'm glad it worked <laughs> out. You know, whoever did that was awesome. And so, yeah, I, that, that kind of, okay, this is not what we wanted. We didn't want this location to fold, but how can we still, still press forward even if we have to change? Um, mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, honestly, that sounds like a really amazing uh, virtue of resilience, you know, that this that this network is able to adjust to adapt to local conditions and still have people connected and fulfill their purpose and their sense of what God called them to do, which sounds very much like what the Holy Spirit does, too, where we don't really have control, but uh, the Spirit is able to move us where the Lord wants us and to do the next thing. Um, I, I love that story of that Vienna person having such a great time connecting with people in Denmark. Uh, is that, did I get that right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we can close with just like, you know, you mentioned, Priscilla, that one other big thing that Indigenous is about, which is helping people who are not technologists, people who are using the technology to um, to be able to bear witness to the gospel uh, through their usage of technology. So what mm -hmm. does that look like in the work that, that you guys are doing? Like, how, how like if, you know, if anyone's listening to this podcast who's not a technologist, um, what is it that you have in mind that that they could be doing or that what indigenous is doing could help them so again this falls into our let's try a bunch of things and mm -hmm. let's see what what resonates and so one of the things that indigenous is about like the word indigenous comes from the words it's a made-up word indigenous and digital that's yeah. because like we really believe that culture matters and that somebody who is in a certain culture you have to do you know, I don't know what the exact percentage would be, 50% less, 20% less training just by being in the culture and using Facebook in the country you're in or using TikTok in the country you're in or yeah. WhatsApp or Line or whatever communication. So that is, that's why it's such an experimentation because what works in the US is not going to work in Liberia. And what works mm -hmm. in Bangkok is not going to work in Singapore or even in Chiang Mai. Like it, it's, it's so different and that... So like we, we're trying a bunch of things. For example, this Christmas, we're doing a Christmas um, uh, like campaign and we are, we're pushing out a, like what we're calling the share the gift campaign. And we are using, we're learning, okay, what are, what are people doing on TikTok? How are they requesting engagement on TikTok and Facebook? Like what styles of posts are they using? Can we take those styles of posts that we know already are getting engagement and can we kind of flip it and go, hey, you, instead of following along with this TikTok trend that doesn't really have a point, like 
tag one of your friends who needs to hear a message of hope this Christmas or tag one of your mm. friends that needs to hear the message of love or the gospel this Christmas, it, you know, or peace or, or whatever. And we're trying, we're, and it's like, this is something that we're learning. When we talk about it with the core team, we're like, this could go great. And we could, you know, a bunch of people could join or this could not go great. And then we'll learn from that as well and come up with some new approach that we can, we can kind of test out and try. And that mm-hmm. agile mentality, like that goes through everything that we're trying to do. And a lot of it also is partnering with, with organizations. Cause I think our strength is there's a lot of missional organizations and things like that, but indigenous brings that kind mm-hmm. of like using digital, using technology for missions. And like we, what we say internally is like now because of digital, like really anyone can be a part of sharing the gospel with their community. And it's kind of removed that this is what being a quote unquote, you know, missionary means because I can be here sitting in Bangkok and I could be sharing the gospel with somebody literally across the world because of, of technology and because of the digital tools and social media we have available. So that's mm-hmm. really what we're trying to, what, how can we keep pushing that boundary? And, and we're always like, what is our audience looking for? Like there are these people, um, they might feel called to, to, they might like, the Holy Spirit might be stirring in their heart. They might, it might be something that they're reading in their Bible and they might have this desire to share their faith with somebody, but they might not know how to. So how can we come alongside them and offer them a sim, like a single, like try taking this step, try doing this thing. And then, um, and that looks like different for everybody. And that's why when you ask the question, there's not a single answer. It's kind of like, well, we're experimenting different things work in different regions and we're, testing and pushing it and we will continue to do so and if we figure out the answer we'll let you know but we have a yet. <laughs> <laughs> were you about um, to say something Anne? yeah, go ahead. yeah so <laughs> because of covid i think a lot of people were pushed to their screens like we were watching church online and listening to way more podcasts and which is great um and then i just want to give an example of somebody who has created a prayer walking app. Because I think because of COVID, a lot more people are walking. And then he had the idea of like, well, while you're walking, why don't we pray? And Mm -hmm. uh, it's based in the UK. He wasn't involved or engaged with any organization like Facetech or Kingdom Code. Um, But somebody told him about the hack. And so he joined and he actually then won top overall project. Um, And so then he like has this town of Coventry, for example, in the UK, and then he uses like a heat map to show which streets have been, been covered in prayer. And if people mm. pray three times, then it just gets hotter. Like that just, you know, heat mapping the, the prayer journeys of people, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think that's an idea that we all have. If, if you're out there and if you're walking around and then you have the idea, I'm like, hey, and while I walk through this neighborhood, why don't I pray for them? Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Why don't you invite your church to do that? Or why don't you invite um, your city to do that? And then for this guy, he has an app. So it's really a terrific, it's a great idea. They needed somebody with a tech person to actually build it. And so I think that that's also the kind of person that would be really great for indigenous to like say that we all can add 
something to what we're already doing on our screens to either mm. be a witness for the gospel or to pray for people. Um, I know that there's people walking through Ireland here in Toronto. <laughs> so in the cities that you're walking through, why don't you pray for them? Because there are real people living in real cities. So, mm -hmm. yeah, That's a great example of enhancing the digital experience with spirituality, I think. Um, what was the name of the app? Is it something that people can download today? <laughs> it is downloadable, and I honestly think it's just called Prayer App, but I can send you the information. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, actually, at, the, at, at the, the hack this year, uh, they expanded this app just from the city of Coventry to now all of the UK. So maybe someone would, maybe next hack or, or this before the next hack, someone would take it and expand that further. But the, their idea was, hey, like, we don't want just some streets of Coventry or some streets of the UK to be prayed over. We want it all to be prayed over. And that was where the heat style mapping came in. I see. I see. That's awesome. It, I, I'm noticing that a thread there, a common thread of a lot of geo, a lot of geo work, geospatial data and things like that, kind of mixing yeah. it. It's really cool to yeah. see kind of using all the capabilities of smartphones in different ways. Um, or I guess the other one was the database for the uh, unreached people groups. Great. Well, um, I think we can wrap up our episode, but are there any last words you'd like to give Anna or Priscilla to our listeners about using technology and missions or any of these things that we've talked about today? Well, I just want to say thanks, Chris, for this opportunity. And honestly, I know that hack happens every October. So come on over. Even if you don't think you have skills, you have something to offer. Um, and I think that if you like to even communicate or if you're a project manager, or even if you have another language under your belt, um, that would be so helpful. And I think that we will definitely find you a place. So don't worry, just come and join us. It'll be fun. Awesome. Um, the, yeah. The other thing I would say is wherever, like one thing that I have seen, and this has come across in all the stories that we that hurt that we came out of hack and even just talking to people that are in the indigenous network like god has you where you are for a reason like that that there's something amazing in store that god is planning and maybe you're going to hear it listening to one of these podcasts um mm. about another project or another interview or a tool or something like that and i just love how the more i talk to people in the space the more i realize how god is positioning them and placing them and I don't know what God is doing, but it's something awesome. And I'm, I'm thankful to be part of it. And chances are like all the listeners of this podcast, like there's a reason you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, God's got something up his sleeve and how exciting it is to just be a part of what he's doing. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Um, I got to give a talk once where I, I, the big thing was from Ephesians chapter one, where uh, Paul talks about this mystery that God's purpose is to unite all of creation with himself uh, through Jesus Christ, through the church. And and to see that technology and what God's doing right now in technology is all a part of that story that God is unfolding, that mystery is story uh, that we are all getting to take part of. You're, you're absolutely right. Like we can't see the big picture yet, but the Lord's doing something big. So thanks for that reminder, Priscilla. Thank you, Anne, for sharing about Hack. Um, to all of our listeners, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Theotech Podcast. If you would like to support more conversations around the theology of technology, you can do so at patreon.com slash theotech. And with that, until next time, thank you.